I wanted to talk about a few things here. I wrote them down so I wouldn't forget them because once I get into it, I get so detracted from the original intention of why I'm talking. I'm sure some of you can relate. So what I wanted to talk about was um, some updates with my move. So I had already bought all the rugs and runners that I need for my apartment. It's not anything too crazy. I've only gotten three. One rug for my office, one rug for my living room, and one runner rug for the main hallway that goes from the living room to the bedroom. I knew that I wanted that in the initial move because I wanted that to be the first thing I lay out when I get into my new apartment because everything else I could just build on top of that baseline foundation. I also wanted to share this with you guys because I'm approaching this move with a lot of intention. I have for months been hyper-focusing on sourcing my favorite products and doing research on it and thinking about how to integrate these products into my life and if it was worth it. I say this because a lot of the things that I'm buying for my place are not necessarily cheap, right? They're not necessarily affordable. I believe there's a few things within your living situation that can be affordable and you can afford to not shell out as much money on. And I will share that as time goes on, but there's a few things that I truly believe you just have to sacrifice a little bit more and spend a little bit more money because it's going to make your life easier in the long haul. Things like rugs, right? I have three pets, so I can't afford to skimp out on, I can't afford to skimp out on rugs. And I have for a long time, even recently. My partner and I bought a decently sized rug from Lowe's for I think probably only $199 because it was on sale. For a little bit, a few months, it was working and there was nothing wrong. But as you know, when you have pets, they have health issues every now and then. And so one of our dogs this past month had a lot of accidents on the carpet. We have scrubbed that carpet probably 20 times now with soap, with all of these different products to try to get that smell out. And the rug still smells sour and it still smells like poop. Now we have to smell that every single night when we try to go to sleep. And those are the things I had to keep in mind because I was looking into a company that makes washable rugs for a while now. I held off on purchasing their products because it is pretty expensive and I wasn't willing to pay a couple hundred dollars for a rug. But after all of these experiences and inconveniences with dealing with these more affordable rugs, I just thought to myself, I'd rather just spend money buying a rug that I could easily throw in the washing machine anytime these accidents happen and I don't have to deal with washing it, scrubbing it, and smelling it for who knows how long. Another thing that I have been thinking on for months and months and months is the couch situation. So I'd be curious to know what you guys think about this because you could get a couch for $600 and then you could get a couch for $3,000. That's a big price difference, right? For me, I have been the type of person that has spent $600 on a couch 
just so that I could have something to sit on and it was less expensive than a $3,000 couch. But the thing is, you just can't skimp out on certain things. I've tried and it just hasn't worked with me, my lifestyle, my routines, and my sensory sensitivities. Not saying everyone is going to have the same issues, but for me. I've been eyeing this particular chase for years and I have time and time again just bookmarked it, not bought it, and bought all of these other cheap sectionals to save money. And the last sofa I bought was actually from West Elm, which is a pretty reputable brand. And I got it on sale. So it was like 800 something. And I thought I had a steal. I thought that this would be really good quality and all that stuff. And it actually was not great at all. The fabric was rough. Also, the cushions are super uncomfortable. And also the depth is just non-existent. I'm not necessarily tall, I'm 5'4", and even my legs hang off the edge and doesn't feel supported, let alone my partner who's 6'4", right? I just thought to myself as I was trying so hard to look for something even close to what I wanted, but for a cheaper price, and I just could not find a sectional that has a deep depth, has the color I want, the fabric I want, and all of the things. I've even looked on Facebook Marketplace because I like to look on there for furniture stuff and house stuff as well because a lot of the times you could find really good deals on there but I just feel like there's certain things you can't find on Facebook Marketplace and you can't skip out on and that is couches, sectionals, things like that. For example, I've seen a lot of sectionals on there that looks lived in, sat on, it looks like people used it and it, they're still selling it for a thousand dollars and it's just like I'd rather spend $600 on a shitty new couch than $1,000 on a lived-in, smelly, used couch that's kind of okay. What I ultimately deducted for myself is that when I move, I just, I want to have a couch that I love, that is comfortable, that meets all of my needs, that accommodates my life and actually adds value to my life rather than spending any sort of money on anything that I don't like. It's just not worth it to me at this point. And that's the thing a lot of the times when you have sensory sensitivities is you just have to prioritize your accommodations. There's no way to skimp out when it comes to meeting your sensory needs. There's no way to kind of be comfortable, you know? You just have to know what to prioritize and make sure that you prioritize it even if it comes at the cost of your wallet sometimes. You just have to be willing to do that for yourself. And so I spend a lot of time in my living room on my couch. That is how I decompress a lot of the times. I probably spend more time on my couch than I do on my own bed. And so to be real with you guys, the company that I'm buying this furniture from is expensive. It's costing me over $3,000, but I'm genuinely excited to have this couch because it's something I wanted for years and I've tried so many other options. And so I, I don't feel guilty because of that. It feels right to me. And I'm excited to share with you guys what this couch looks like and how it feels and all of that stuff. Another concept I've been really getting familiar with in terms of this new move 
is the concept of building your life and your space and your systems according to your own neurodivergency rather than feeling this pressure to continue building a life and maintaining it according to the neurotypical systems that we grew up learning to assimilate into. So within the context of this conversation, what that means is when it comes to a home, we have a really clear idea of what a home consists of, right? So to list something off, you have your kitchen, you have your dining room, you have your dining table, you have your living room that has your couch and your TV, you have your office or your bedroom, things like that. People, when they move into their own space and they're beginning to inhabit it and build it, they don't really think to themselves what they need in their living space, how to build a living space to fit those needs. They just kind of have this already set idea of what's supposed to be there and they just put pieces in there already. And the way I'm approaching moving out and having my own space for the first time is genuinely checking in with myself and asking myself, what do I do in my living space all the time? How do I live, you know? and figuring out how to build a space around that rather than what's normal. So for example, I don't utilize a dining table or a dining room at all. I just eat my food in my office or in my room or on the couch when I'm watching TV. And so already I don't think I need a dining room or a dining table. And I therefore don't need to spend money buying those things and building that space in that sort of way. It's just unnecessary and I'm not gonna utilize it. Instead, what I'm gonna do is utilize our dining room as my office space, building that office space to fit my needs the best that I can. Yes, there is that part of me that thinks like, oh, if I were to ever have visitors come over, like family, for example, and they wanna eat with us and we wanna host them. How is that gonna look? Because we're not gonna have a dining table. Where are we gonna eat? Is it gonna be you know, embarrassing or are people gonna think it's weird? And at the end of the day, I just don't care because you're coming into my space. This is my home. So we are going to inhabit my home the way that I inhabit it. If that means we're all gonna sit down on the floor and eat our dinner on the coffee table, that's what we're gonna do. I know that I wanna prioritize my living room to be comfortable because that's where I'm gonna be eating my meals, you know? And that's where I'm gonna be eating my meals with people that I host as well. Maybe if that means prioritizing having a pretty nice coffee table that we could all fit on and buying some nice cushions that we could sit on on the floor, that's what I'm gonna do. Or buying like little side tables to go along with the couch so that you can eat while you're on the couch. These are ways that I'm meeting my needs and building the space to what I like and what I want rather than what's normal. I've talked about this with my partner too. If we were to ever have a home, we think to ourselves, we don't need that dining space. So we could even just make that space a music room or an art room or a yoga room or something that would actually be utilized for something we do rather than just like having that space be there for looks and for normalcy. And I feel like this concept is so fun because a lot of neurodivergent people are talking about how neurodivergency doesn't have to be debilitating. I know for many people and even myself, it is in many cases, but at the same time, let's have some duality here, people. Let's hold multiple realities within us. I feel like, yes, it is in many instances a struggle to be a neurodivergent person. But at the same time, there are totally ways 
throughout different aspects of your life where you can integrate a system that actually makes sense to you and will improve your quality of life very significantly if you just stepped onto the side of what's normal into something that feels better to you. And making that switch can be so insane because it could be such a small thing but make such a big difference for you. Like the whole dining thing that I just explained, not having a dining space and utilizing that space for something completely different could be such a big difference for someone like me. Let's say for another person, instead of utilizing that dining space for a dining space, they utilize that for like a trampoline. Just buying like a decent sized trampoline to just jump on to get rid of their zoomies or to stim can make such a big difference for a neurodivergent person. So I wanna encourage you guys to look around your space and to think about the things that you don't use and to think to yourself, what can I replace this with that would actually make sense to me and make me feel good regardless of what is normal, okay? That trampoline thing is actually an idea I have for myself. I'm not utilizing it yet, but I could totally see myself getting even just a small trampoline that could fit in an apartment and just put it in a corner somewhere so that I could jump on it in between work and even after work just to like decompress a little bit and transition into relaxing for the day. There's just all these different ways in which we live our lives that is set in stone and taught to us from such a young age throughout life. And we get to a point where we just robotically maintain it even if it doesn't feel good to us. A lot of the times that affects your nervous system and your health chronically because you're living in an unnatural state to how your brain operates. This kind of correlates with health too, if you think about it. A big part of autism awareness and integrating your autism back into your life is finding those ways in which you can actually afford to change the way you do things that fits your needs a lot better and makes sense to you and still gets the job done and to let go of these ideas of what you should be doing and what's normal. Because at the end of the day, a home is your home. You don't need it to look a certain way for people, right? As long as it serves you. As long as you're not harming anyone, these are things for you to consider and to implement those changes. All right, so Editor Irene stepping in to offer you guys some questions for you guys to share your thoughts and experiences in the comment section down below. I've been really enjoying reading all of your responses. They're so juicy and just well thought out. I always learn something new and I always find myself getting really mentally stimulated by your guys' experiences and ways of conceptualizing things. With what I talked about in today's video, I really want to hear what you guys have to think about the concept that I just talked about with building your home space to suit how you naturally feel drawn to inhabit your space. I want to hear how many of you guys have already integrated this practice into your life. And if so, what has that looked like for you? Basically, what part of your living space did you transition into something that is different than most people's homes? How has that positively impacted your life? And for those who haven't integrated this practice yet, what is a space within your home that's not really being utilized at this moment? And 
what ideas do you have to transform that space into a nook that can support your needs and be utilized more effectively for you? I'd also be super curious to hear from you guys what are those items in your everyday living that you learned that you could not skimp out on and you had to make that decision to more intentionally buy something of better quality, even if that means it's more expensive because it does have a big impact in your life. And likewise, how skimping out on those things in the past has negatively impacted you. Again, I want you guys to keep it respectful down in the comments below. Any form of hate, willful ignorance is going to be blocked. I want everyone to feel safe to share their experiences. Therefore, feel safe to also read other people's experiences in order to feel that sense of connectedness and community. If this is interesting to you, please let me know because I kind of feel self-conscious that this isn't interesting at all. Because if videos like this don't really get good feedback, then I'll probably make more of an effort to avoid filming videos about this type of topic. Other than that, take care of yourself, you guys, and I will see you on the next video. Bye.